Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Spending some time reconnecting with nature this summer? Here's a camping hack from L.L. Bean to make your next trip the best yet. Tired of your tentmate's flashlights shining in your eyes in camp? Bring an empty half-gallon milk jug or clear water bottle. Simply strap a headlamp around it, and it becomes a soft white lantern for everyone to see the light. For more camping hacks, visit youtube.com slash L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean. Be an outsider. And boom goes the dynamite. It's Tuesday morning, and you know what that means. Welcome to a brand new episode of The Boom, presented as always by Fight Game Media. I'm James McDaniel. I'm here with my co-host, Kevin Ely. Kevin, how's your week been, buddy? How's your long weekend been? Well, it's been all right. I'm actually just getting over a cold, and uh, most of my family has a cold, too. So, Are you all stuffed my up? My nose is running, but I don't expect any coughing. Okay. Just running. running okay, nose. that's not too yeah. bad. Back, back home, back in the day. There's this uh, there's this uh, Indian restaurant not far, no this Thai restaurant not far from the house, and whenever I'd get all stuffed up, I would go there and order medium heat, and it would clear everything out for at least at least twelve hours. I could get through the night and breathe. We, we did that Friday night. Three of three of the four of us were all stopped up, and so we went to the local Szechuan place and ordered all the spicy. Oh, that's great! Chicken soup and all that stuff. Yeah, that's right. perfect. I highly recommend. Yeah, a little bit of medical advice here from the good people at Fight Game Media. So, Kevin, we've got a lot of good stories to talk about this week. This has been a great week for AEW. Really, really entertaining TV. Yes. Ram, I was about Rampage, Dynamite. Everything was. I really enjoyed this week. Um, I've completely given up on be, being the elite. I loved it. I missed it while it was gone. It yeah. came back. They immediately did all the same stupid promo, stupid things they were doing before where they just kind of worn out the Johnny Hungy thing and some other deals, and they just brought all those back, and I have not watched since. And uh, I miss the glory days. I'm never a big BTE guy myself. I usually I usually just tune in for that because I like the uh, Brandon Cage yeah. during the matches and all the stuff that they say during the matches. I love that when you said that, I thought – Kevin likes the stuff that I, he likes the stuff that's my least favorite. And I like the stuff that was your least favorite, which is what makes us a pretty good team here, I think. But you've got a great top story. Something we talked about last week on the show in yeah. that Kenny Omega has the numbers one and two matches all time in singles competition, according to Dave Meltzer. Let's get that out of the way. Mm-hmm. And he has the number one tag match of all time. And I wondered, does he have the top trios match of all time? And you looked into it. What was the result of that investigation, Kevin? The result was that as of this week, uh, with the finals of the best of seven series, which was rated five stars. Okay. uh, Yes, he does indeed sit on the uh, 
best trios match of all time in a 13-way tie. Wow. 12 other matches. Wow. That were also rated five stars that were six-man I had no idea there were that many five-star, six-man six matches. Because when I first posted about it, I said that he had it, and then I was using uh, Cage Match DB for the yeah. Savage catalogs by Dave's ratings, and it makes it really easy to look up. And someone pointed out to me, isn't there like 10 other matches that have that same rating? And, I went and, <laughs> and yes, it was actually 12. But none better. They were sorted by they were sorted by date. Oh my god! After that, re- most recent. So it was listed at the top, but only because it was the most recent. So a literal recency bias. I got you in there. So, uh, but yes, if you were to say, does he have the best trios match? Does he have the best? Which which posed the question to me: Is Kenny Omega the greatest big match performer of all time, or is he just Dave Meltzer's favorite? That's a really interesting question, and there's a lot of. There's a lot of different ways we could we could go on this, but first let me say, he's tied for the top trios match of all time, and he's only just began his reign as a trios champion. Um, yeah. I have a feeling we might top that five stars uh, at the next pay per view. <laughs> I think there's a really really good chance good. of that. But it's kind of well known that Dave gives more five star plus matches now. Than he did in the past. He was much more stingy yes, in the past. That's a fact. So I don't think it's so much that Kenny's his favorite. I think that Kenny has entered his prime at the same time that Dave has been much more liberal with his star ratings. That said, I've seen a lot of those top matches of Kenny's, and they're phenomenal. They're absolutely phenomenal. And I think if you look at the other at the other big five star players over the years. Rick Flair, um, let's go Rick Flair, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Outside of their series together, I don't think either guy really had that many opportunities to put on a big match with an equal talent. During my whole time, Flair probably more. Flair probably had he more. probably had more, but during my entire kind of reign of, of watching, during my era of watching NWA and WCW. Flair feuded with Sting, who was good. Lex Luger, who was okay. Um, he feuded with Vader for a little while, who's, who was good. But there was nobody there on his level that Flair feuded with outside of... Yeah. I don't think he ever got a really big feud going with Muda back in the day that I remember. No, never did. And that's a real they shame. had Barry Windham before that. And They've had some They've had some really good matches, but... Th- the reason I say feuds is generally these big Kenny matches come at the end of a big feud. Just like this Will Osprey match isn't we like nobody thinks this was the last match. This was the build to the last match. And I don't think Rick ever had a real feud with Barry. He had some one-off matches. And I think if he could have had a big feud leading to like a big Starcade match, you know what I mean? I think we're more set up yeah, now for the mean. big build and the of payoff. It's in the business. Yeah, too. the business has changed, allowing. Kenny Omega's not out there. Kenny Omega's not out there consistently having those matches right. every week. He's obviously not like the Turing champion who's going to go yeah. you know, have like a four-star match with a Kerry Von Eric on a Tuesday. And then, the, you know, Friday night he's in there with Ted DiBiase. Yeah. And then Saturday it's Barry Windham and then Dusty Rose, you know. So 
He was wrestling. You know, there's a little bit of apples and oranges there. Yeah, I think so. If you're, I, I went and looked up who who does have the most five star plus matches. Uh, okay. This is again according to Dave Meltzer. Um, Mitsuhara Misawa is number okay. one. Okay. Who was the first person who came to mind when I thought, is there any greater big match wrestler? Even though Misawa is not one of my favorites. Right. Uh, Will Osprey actually has more. Will racked them up this year. I know he had them before, yeah. but he really piled them up this year. He has less uh, plus uh, more than five star matches, but when it, when you include five stars, okay. Okada is next, then Kenna Kobashi, then Kenny Omega. Okay, so that's a pretty amazing list. Ric Flair's down at number twelve. Mm-hmm. You got Manami Toyota. Um, Toshiaki Kawada mm-hmm. would have had a lot of those with Misawa. So that, like you said, about having opponents, you know, three of that top yeah. five because Kawada is actually tied with Omega. You know, those were all against each other. Yeah, I think Ric Flair is probably in the lead and having four star matches with two star competitors. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I bet so. And I bet if you were to say four star and up, I bet he might be top. Yeah, I think he could be, but. Yeah, he. I don't think he just ever had the real opponents to do that during his WCW time. And in his WWE time, I think it's a little harder to get a five-star match in WWE because they don't book that way. About that, yeah. yeah, now there's right. been some. There's been some really good ones on pay-per-views. Um, but again, I don't think Flair really had the opponents for that. Um, yeah. Let's see. What's interesting is when I... I uh, compared it to uh, cagematch.net, which is another site mm-hmm. database for wrestling matches, but they have user rating. Right. And so this is more a little more democratic. And on that list, one through three is Kobashi, Misawa, and Kawada. Okay. Uh, like Manami Toyota is number five. Okada is number six. Uh, Jumbo Saruta. And I got to go all the way down to where is he? Kenny Omega is number 32 on this list. Well. Behind behind people like Eddie Guerrero, Minoru Suzuki, um, Jushin Liger, Shawn Michaels. You know. I swear to God, if you say the repo, more, man. A little more tempered. A little more tempered. Yeah. When you, when you get to others there. I don't know. I, when it comes to, like, peaks, mm-hmm. I don't know. I can't think of anyone I think of who has no. higher peaks than him. No. Like. He has had more great matches over the last few, over the last let's say six years than anybody I've ever seen. He's earned it. I don't think he's the best wrestler in the world. I think he's like number three in my opinion. But um, when it yeah, comes to performing in the big match, when it comes to the big match on a big he's the guy. He's the guy. Yeah, and interesting that last year. Like, sorry, last year, last week, we said he's the best wrestler in the world in Japan. Who said that? Because we did. Oh, okay. One of us did. Because when he's in Japan, he's almost on a different level. Yeah, because we had that conversation when my friend brought up that he's a different guy in Japan than he is here. Yeah. And he has to be, I think. Like I I said last week, competing week in and week out, you can't have five-star matches every week. That's not possible. And then if you do, they're probably no longer five-star matches because you're seeing right. them every week. Um, right. Although he did just have, what was it, a six six and a quarter and then a five within 
<laughs> seven days of each other. Just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Insane. Insane. So I guess what we're saying is Kenny is the best big match competitor in the world inside the Tokyo Dome. That's what we're saying. I, I would I would stand up. <laughs> okay, so let's see. Who else is in the conversation? Who do you think? And we've kind of talked about those people. And there's lots of people who could do that. Um, I think Brian Danielson's a guy that could do that. But he doesn't seem to be motivated to do that right now. Just like he's not motivated to collect all the gold. Um, yeah. Will Osprey's clearly right there in the competition, and Okada's clearly right there in that competition. Yeah. If it is indeed a competition, um, who do you think are going to be the, the guys in the future in five, ten years who are going to be at that um, level? Do you think Daniel Garcia is going to get there? Uh, I think in his own way he could. I don't know if he'll. He definitely has the potential. Get those opportunities. Yeah, he has potential to be really great in his own style. I think right. it would have to be a place where that style gets really over and mm -hmm. gets an opponent like that. You know. Um, Do you see MJF as being a guy who could achieve that level? Because he's really good right oh, now. He is really good. He's a lot better than people give him credit yes. for. Yes. His the way that he, I think. You know, the thing that works about his matches is is the story. Mm -hmm. He's a really good storyteller, yeah. which really is what's lost in the Kenny Omega. The Kenny Omega stuff has good stories, mm -hmm. better than people give him credit for, but they're very, uh, what do you call they're it? They're dense. Inside yes. Stories. You have to pay really close attention. You, it's really subtle. It's kind of like I've seen Paul, Paul Fontaine say, I know some of this story to this match, but I don't know all of it. Can someone tell me? Yeah. And you kind of need, right. unless you are a hardcore New Japan watcher. You, unless you're watching all the time, you generally need somebody to hold your hand and walk you through the story. And that's a real shame, but that's the situation when you're when most of your big matches are on another continent. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay. Well, before we move on with the show, I want to talk about We've had a lot of five-star players. Now let's talk about our $5 players, ladies and gentlemen. For just $5 a month, you can subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com slash fightgaming. You get loads of extra shows every week from all of our podcasters here, um, including the Boom Goes the Dynamite Hook Awards, um, which was, of course, me, Kevin, Paul, and Jeff from the Dynamite Show. Pup it up, who you can hear, trying to wrap us up very, very early in the background. Um, and we get we did our year-end awards. I'm sure most of you already heard it, or most of you have already heard about it. But if you haven't, I think it's a lot of fun to listen to. And you can get that in loads of other content for only $5 a month. I still think, and I hold tightly to the fact, this is the best deal in combat sports. All right, Kevin, what's up next? Are we going right to the heat index this week? Or are we talking about something else first? We got a couple of, we got a couple of things to talk about uh, real quick. So... Um... AEW is going to be running a show WrestleMania weekend, kind of. They announced uh, uh, ROH will do their annual Supercard of Honor show on WrestleMania weekend, run it opposite SmackDown uh, at uh, the Galen Center at USC. So, and he promises like top tier AEW talent on that show. So it's kind of a super gorilla way to like do an AEW show opposite a SmackDown show in the same town, but not 
but not say that he did an AW show because he always said he wouldn't want. I'm both really excited and really disappointed with that. In that, pump it up, come on now. In that, I really like they're going head to head, but I wish they were going head to head with WrestleMania on Sunday so I could watch it instead of Friday where I won't be able to watch it until later. Um, yeah. Yeah. I like this, though. Uh, ROH always would have been going that weekend, and I like that ROH will still be going that weekend. I think that's not the right yeah. thing to do. I, I don't like it as in, oh, we're going back to war with WWE. No, I just like it in that ROH right. should be a part of WrestleMania weekend. There are a lot of people, a great deal of people, who go to WrestleMania weekend and don't go to WrestleMania. I've been one of those people before, and... Um, and I think ROH should be a part of that for those people who are there for um, kind of their love of professional wrestling and not so much the sports entertainment yeah. part of that weekend. Right. And it seems like there's enough. I mean, number one, it's L.A. It's a gigantic market. There'll be plenty of people. Yeah. So many people traveling in there. I don't think it'll be like considered, you know, it's not like people considered ROH shows like that they were going head to quote head to head yeah. trying to steal people from SmackDown. It was more of an alternative thing. And I think that's what it is now. So I hope they don't hype it up too much as like, like you said, like yeah. some sort of it's, attack. It's or, not beating you know. SmackDown by any metric on any level. It's not going to beat any WWE right. show by any metrics that weekend. It just is something that needs to be there as an alternative for the people that aren't interested in SmackDown, especially now that uh, Vince might be back in gorilla on oh, on friday there's a real chance of that <laughs> there's a real chance he, he is making crazy. all the moves man all of them yeah what are we <laughs> speaking of that, yeah there was a rumor this week so there's a lot happened between last week and this week it, let's it, let's it, talk about it territory yeah so there was that rumor that we thought what tuesday night mm -hmm. we thought a lot of people thought, even though no one actually really reported it's, it's all Saudi. It's all Saudi all the way. That it was that's yeah, that the Saudis were gonna buy the investment fund everything and re and reinstate uh Vince. Vince McMahon. Yeah. That turned out to be just a rumor. I mean it could still yeah. happen absolutely. It's not a done right deal now. like we thought it was like, if it is going. Right. If it is going. And but it you know, everyone's hair went on fire. But then a hilarious and awesome rumor came out that actually isn't I mean, it was reported by major outlets, yeah. so it definitely had more credibility than even the Saudi rumor was that uh, Nick and Shad Khan are among the contenders to uh, put in an offer. Tony and Shad. On buying WWE. Yeah. Tony. Yeah. Who did I say? Nick. There's a lot oh, of cons. And, you know, there's there. a lot of He's cons involved in this deal. Yeah. My favorite meme about it was the uh, split screen of Vince and Tony Khan said from panama city florida and the caption was the contract the name of the contract does say con <laughs> oh man what i wouldn't give for that to happen um yeah there's here's the thing number one shad khan is a very wealthy man not wealthy enough to buy that on his own it would take no it'd have to be with a partner it would take literally every penny of his net worth to buy the WWE because right. it's looking like it's going to go for eight to ten billion dollars. He's worth where you, depending on where you read it, eight or eleven billion, somewhere in there. Yeah, that's not enough to buy it. I mean, no. he could get investment funds to come in and help. Like it's doable. He is a guy that could absolutely yeah. make it happen. 
but I kind of don't want that to happen, even though I just said I did. No. I don't want a monopoly in, in pro wrestling ever again. It'd be hilarious and awful. Yeah. Don't want a monopoly. Um, yeah. It would it would really be bad, and, and like many people pointed out, <coughs> Tony would probably try to book everything by himself, and that would be insane. <laughs> ROH, NXT, WWE, AEW, all of it on his own. Love it. Good yep. Lord. Level up. Bring back UK, all that, everything. It, just book everything. It would still be worth it to me just to watch that first episode where they absolutely were doing the repeat of the WCW <laughs> thing. That would be worth the yes. price of admission. And I then I'd love to have just just a view into that possibility. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, I love that they're if they really are in there making you know overtures and stuff. I kind of love that they're doing it, even though you know, number one, there's no way Vince McMahon would sell to them just on principle. Exactly. And number two, exactly no the money. But I do just love the kind of fu quality about it. Yeah, them putting an offer and Vince just knowing, mm-hmm. you know, that there was a there's a possibility that this guy could buy your company. If like I, I kind of like that, and I also look at it like you know the Mega Millions is like two billion dollars or something right now. Yeah, like that's when you go buy a ticket, right? Exactly. Because you know if WD's for sale. You could put an offer. Yeah, I'll put an offer. I'll call, I'd put an offer. Call, call Shad. Let him know. I'll, I'll put in a billion. Let's yeah. do this. Um, yeah, let's do it. You know, I you're you you're dead on with Vince McMahon. If his only two options were sell to the cons or burn that built burn WWE to the ground physically, yeah. burn the library. That's that would be his choice. He would burn it all. Yeah, he'd burn Titan Towers, even though they're not there anymore. He'd burn them. <laughs> Like everything WWE ever touched, um, yeah, that would be the choice, and that would be Is Ted Turner still alive or he'd pass away. I think Ted's still with us. By the way, uh, the yeah, he's still around. The head of PR for Reels was the head oh. of PR for Ted Turner for over a decade, and she has wild Ted Turner, Ric Flair oh, stories. They're amazing. Anytime I get a chance to sit down and talk with her. That's I just try and nudge her in that direction. That's fantastic. Um, he was just in a he was just a, brought up recently because in a recent interview, Jane Fonda referred to him as her favorite ex husband. <laughs> which I just love that. That's very touching. That's a very touching it's way to look at it. Favorite ex. I don't yeah. know something sweet about it. I think I'd I don't know. I think I'd make a pretty good ex husband. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, let's see. Next up, let's talk AEW house shows. What's going on with that? 
So we don't know if anything's really going on, but uh, Tony Khan was on a radio show called In the Zone, um, and someone asked about the possibility of doing house shows, and he said that's something we're talking about, talked about how they built up a live events team, you know, that um, Jeff Jarrett was brought in, is kind mm-hmm. of heading up that team, um, building out the live event business. He says there's a lot of demand, they've got a big roster, you know, and says, quote, it's something we're going to do. Which is really interesting. Yeah, what's that? Some, like, you know, like what is that? You know, and a lot of people would say, if they were to do house shows, you know, you're probably not going to get Kenny Omega and the Bucks and right. Hangman Page and John Moxley and MJF and you know the top tier stars on it. So, is it worth doing? Is it viable? I think it is. Yeah, uh, but I think you have to market it really differently in a way. You can't you can't do the model of everything you see on TV is going to be that. You no. Know? I could see them doing, I don't know. I'm an idiot. I'm about to pull something out of my ass here. I could see them doing a West Coast house show and have their West Coast stars on it along with local indies and then have an East Coast show where it's just their East Coast people on it and just have the people that are living in that area on the show plus whatever indies are there to book and just do something like that. I don't think that's I don't think it's a terrible idea. Yeah. The young bucks are home. People know them, you know. They they would be enough I to get he, people to show up for an AEW house show in, L, in in Los Angeles. I think you could also you could probably recruit a team of touring people that just like, "Hey, I want to yeah. work." There's a load of them, I'm sure tour. would. I want to be on the road. Yeah. Especially the younger ones. And then Yeah, especially the younger ones. And I think that's where you would get the most value out of that Mm -hmm. is sending out those people you know like put jade on the road for a little while you know yeah you know uh do like they used to do where you try out a match on the road you know if you're gonna do red velvet and jade cargo like put them on the road for two weeks and have them do the same match you know four six times and then put it on tv Mm -hmm. Uh, and i think guys like and what i do is probably recruit someone and say hey like twice a year you're gonna go on a house show circuit Mm mm-hmm you know, well, so like I was about to like say, two week run up the West Coast, have the Young Bucks and and uh, Lucha Brothers, yeah, tear the house down, you know, on house shows, and then when they go up to, like you said, up to New York, who's their biggest star up there? You know, like and Eddie Kingston, Dan Garcia, yeah, uh, Eddie Kingston, and MJF have these people Long that Island are, you know, book and book feuds or at least short programs on the air. Mm-hmm that get run on these short runs and that way you are putting top talent on the show but you're not you know running people ragged and yeah you're, not, you're cycling them in and out and all that and i'm sure i think it could work and i yeah and i think guys like qt marshall um dustin rhodes mm-hmm. christopher daniels just tell them yeah one the coaches. one month out of the year yeah like you'll you'll be in charge and you'll do a match with somebody on the card we'll pay you well that's yeah. it one month Mm-hmm. And it could be two weeks, it, first half of the year, two weeks, second half of the year, something like that. It's really, I think it's really doable. I think it's a really good idea. I think it's the best shot of them coming to Albuquerque and me seeing them. And I'd, I'd love for something like that to happen. <laughs> right, right. Considering I've, I've since yeah. discovered that Albuquerque's twelve hours away from literally everywhere. Literally everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's see. All right. Well, I say we move on to the heat index. Because I am okay. dying to talk about these shows this week. Yeah. All right. There was some good stuff. There's a lot of good stuff. 
and I'm I'm excited to talk about my two favorite moments, one on Dynamite, okay. one on Rampage. Oh, great. Okay, I hope I have them in the internet. <laughs> I'm sure they're right. they're they're hanging around here somewhere. All right. All right. Number. Uh, I have an honorable mention. Okay. And that is for um, Golden Globe winner Paul Walter Hauser, who I think should always be referred to with those six words. I think so. Golden uh, Globe winner Paul Walter Hauser. Forever. Um, I watch a lot of TV and a decent amount of movies, and I'd know his name, but I'd never seen him before, I don't believe. I, I may have. I need to look up his IMDb. But uh, I thought I had never seen him before, but then when I looked him up, I realized I've seen him a bunch. Did he play Richard Jewell? He played Richard Jewell okay. in the Richard Jewell movie. Okay. Um, he was uh, Stingray in Cobra Kai, if you watch Cobra Kai. Yep. I haven't. Um, well, I watched the first <laughs> just season and a half of Cobra Kai, I should say. Okay. Um, I haven't watched it. I really liked him. I, I, you could tell he really liked wrestling, and he really wanted he to. He knew it. He, yeah. And he, re, he knew wrestling, and he really wanted to do something. You know... Like hanging out with Danhausen and taking that chair shot, two yeah. of the highlights of his life, probably more than the gold. The, I, Jeff Jarrett stealing that Golden Globe was probably better than getting the Golden Globe for that man. I, I was gonna say, he he uh, he won the Golden Globe on a Tuesday, was on Dynamite on a Wednesday, Dynamite <laughs> and Rampage on a Wednesday. Like, that's the best forty-eight hours of his life. For real, for Literally. real, Literally. <clears throat> Uh, I, yeah, I posted when it happened that on uh, Rampage that that whole thing with um, Lethal and Jarrett and all that had um, really strong like high school coach gets a angle in the local fundraiser show yeah vibes but but I meant it in like the best way oh yeah like, I love that when the little local wrestling show would come to our high school and the they do an angle where like the coach hits someone across the back <laughs> with a chair you know I ate that crap up and that's kind of what that's the LA equivalent. It's the LA equivalent of, yeah. of that. That's right. And one of your guys, let me tell you, SAG member, a lot of middle America is now aware of Paul Walter Hauser um, or Paul Walter Dan Hauser. Either way, yeah. um, I, I very much, in, I didn't think I would enjoy his stuff. I very much enjoyed everything he did. Yeah. Well, the second he showed up in a Robert Duvall shirt, <laughs> you were you were sold. That shirt was amazing. Yeah, I was sold on that guy. It was like a classic '80s wrestling shirt, but it was about Robert Duvall. <laughs> it was amazing. It really <laughs> was. Okay, number uh, five. Of, that had that. Oh, hold on. That had yeah. one of my favorite moments. Oh, let's hear it. it. Was uh, when they when they raided the ring uh, to crash his, you know, celebration in the ring. Yeah. And um, Satnam Singh was holding Danhausen back by just leaning on him and folding his arms. Yeah, Danhausen, Danhausen his back like was to the turnbuckle, and yeah. his back was to the turnbuckle. See her, his arms and legs. <laughs> it was almost like a Looney. So it was almost like watching Looney Tunes. Yeah. Danhausen's arms and legs flailing behind Satnam, and Satnam is just leaning back, and that's all he's doing. Even though you're yeah, like, it's it quote fantastic. unquote holding, arms were nowhere involved in that. Yes, that was Absolutely. beautiful. Yeah, and uh, there was they, right. we got the run in from from best friends. Yeah, which is of course leading to a match, I believe, uh, on Wednesday. Yeah, week. Orange versus Jay. Orange. Orange vs. J for the All Atlantic title, and apparently the uh, that could be a great match. Globe, 
or a mock-up of said Golden Globe might be smashed over someone's head. I don't know. That's right, because they stole the Golden Globe. Which I, I love that Jay Lethal is just, I don't know, I sent I sent you, they did a post-match promo. I sent you on Twitter. But I, I saw it, but I didn't watch it. Okay. It, it was their post-show, and, and Jay Lethal is like doing an acceptance speech for the Golden Globe that he's, he's now his. Oh, I wish we could play the audio it's, of that, man. It's so good. So good. These guys are so great. They're so great. They, again, individually did not, was not happy with anything that was going on together. Yeah. They're magic. They're all fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I never thought I would be excited about Jeff Jarrett and AEW. (laughs) Right? They're they're all great. I was so trepidatious when they signed him. I was so trepidatious. And he's, he's gotten himself over beautifully. He's a great addition to the show, and I think that says a lot for about AEW in that they are handling him so much better than any of these other other organizations were. I in my mm-hmm. in my personal opinion, yeah, because they're not just letting him book his own stuff. Like, <laughs> well, if they are, he's just having a good run right now. If they yeah. are, yeah, okay. Number five, All right. um, Jungle Number Hook. Five, Jungle Hook. I don't know why I, I, I spoiled it there. I don't know what That's I was right. thinking. You can, you can spoil it. My only, the only thing I didn't like about this was I, uh-huh. I kind of wished it had been a little bit longer, even though I know what they were doing. Yeah. It was really, really short. And I thought, I thought that you can tell that I kind of am into to Bill Morrissey right now. Um, yeah. And I thought he needed, he needed to survive a little longer, just a little longer. But uh, no, talk yeah. about it. It was yeah. great. Yeah, they. Sh- I, I see what you mean. It was it was very short because everyone knew what they were there to see, and we saw they it. Just gave it to you. Yeah, yeah, they saw it, and they set it up really well. Um, I'm not on TikTok, but I heard that the clip of Hook almost suplexing Big Bill last week was all over TikTok. Re- oh man, it was getting a lot of attention. And I guess it paid off and I didn't, I didn't write down the numbers, but, um, apparently this, this match was one of the, if not the highest rated segment in the 18 to 34 demographic. I think Um, hook is a bigger star than we, even we realized hook is a star. Yeah. And he can, I think he can move ratings and I think he can move tickets. And we see that every time he comes out with the pop and, uh, I'm hoping they're realizing that now. It might be time to speed I'm, things up a little bit. Right. I think I think I think this woke some people up to number one, both that Jungle Boy um is a star, but also yes. the hook, like you said, is a bigger star than any of us realized. Right. Even though we were on the on the hook train from day one. <laughs> yeah. But but from day one, even while we were talking about it, he is absolutely uh gonna be in the Hall of Fame any day now. Right. We right. wanted them to handle him with with kid gloves, take it slow, and they have. They've done a really good job of that. But now now I think is that they've done that for like a year and a half. A year at least. Right. I'm not saying put him in title matches all of a sudden for real titles. Yeah. But might be time to to move him forward a little bit, have him actually be a player in singles competition. Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. There you go. There. You, oh my God. 
he's a great guy because they're all about psychology and getting in people's heads and you can't get in hook's head yeah oh you're thinking they'll figure out how to do it maybe they maybe they kidnap taz now taz can't take the alcohol i don't know I don't know. His neck is too, but I don't know. It's for his son. He this, maybe, but every maybe hook takes the guitar shot for Taz. There you go. Pushes down out of the way and takes the guitar shot. I think that's it. I think that's it right there. So oh, man. no, everybody won the suplex. We got the suplex and it yeah. wasn't, it wasn't, Oh, he can barely get him up. He suplexed the living shit out of that man. That's right, because like Taz said he had proper technique. That's exactly right. All about the technique. Oh man, how big you are. They, <clears throat> it's all I, in the hips. I, it is all in the hips. Um, I'm and, not going to make Bill the obvious joke well. right like, there. I love he did. Bill almost dropped the f bomb on TV. <laughs> uh, he bugged his eyes out. He's amazed. Like you know, he he did what he needed to do to to get that over. He absolutely did. He really did. Um, I think. And I don't know. I think it's just his look. I really like his look. And um, he's kind of got that no-nonsense attitude. And I just know you could do some things with him. And I'm hoping they separate him from this group at some point. Um, yeah. And we can really get some good. I'd like to see some good stuff out of Bill Morrissey. Um, now that he's no longer with that. Nincompoop he used to be tagged with, tagging with. I shouldn't have said Was that. The, uh... I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> I've got to watch what I say here in the future now. Was it him that you wanted to put with uh, Lance Archer? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know those two would be monsters together. Monsters. Oh, that would be great. Jake the Snake walking them out. Three dudes who are almost seven feet tall, all walking to the ring together. Come on. Yep. And then just hook suplexing them all over the place. All right. Number. Wait. I really thought they were going to debut new Jungle Jungleman music. And they didn't. And it oh, was yeah. a real disappointment. They, they do need to, to, though. Because they were... It that was would have been the time to have Slash come out in L.A. Oh, my God. play that Welcome to the Jungle. <sighs> I, that thing's got to be millions. It's got to be millions. But, um, yeah, it's probably too expensive. The, the song was perfect. Because he and Luchasaurus were, the I think, the number one merch sellers for kids. And they were the number one reason for kids to tune in. Um, they were the modern day rock and roll express in that respect for AEW seriously. Um, but he's not that tag team doesn't exist anymore. Um, right. and he is, an, he's a more adult character now and he does need he's new music to reflect that, you know, for him being like, I don't know, a little bit of a heartthrob and a little bit of a badass, like people right. swaying their arms back and forth. Yeah. Isn't really the look for that guy. Yes. Um, yeah. So hopefully they realize that and make a change soon. All right. Number four. Number four, I just have hardcore women's wrestling. Oh, man. Give, give me your take on the whole thing, and then I'll chime in. Because this match involved one of my favorite moments, the history of professional wrestling. Oh, I can't wait to hear which moment that was. Yeah. I, so I watched this twice. I watched it today. And I watched it that night. And okay. that night, Friday night, um, I didn't love it. And we've talked about this before, but not in a while. Yeah. Is that, you know, over the years as WWE um, took blood out of wrestling, I've resensitized myself 
to right excessive blood and wrestling right? yeah so it it's very effective on me i'll put it that way right and, and real quick if you're yeah. gonna do it in aw this is the place to do it which is very late at night on the east coast yes yes and that's something i didn't really think about until today um because i would say yeah you either do it on rampage or do it on um, a pay-per-view pay-per-view we've criticized them before about having too much blood too often and they have toned it down mm-hmm. even john moxley's not bleeding quite as much he might just be out uh, of blood <laughs> there just might not be much left in there right. you're right he's just gotta yeah, he's gonna get some protein he's on it. his last pint man right start pumping it up uh so when ruby hit a gusher oh my god uh, when her face really, came up let's just let's just say i was distracted <laughs> and that took me really out of the match okay and i uh i had to had to take myself to task a little bit because i i admit i'm more squeamish about women bleeding than men yeah and um the, I, I think part of it part of it is um i'm really uncomfortable with the streak in wrestling historically of men seeing a sea of men cheer women getting hurt right so like old ecw stuff yeah you know like let's francine get her comeuppance and everyone's cheering it yeah. really makes me uncomfortable totally get that so when i see a sea of mostly male audiences mm-hmm. up and cheering you know saying this is awesome because a woman's bleeding i have mixed feelings about it and at the same time there were a lot of people uh, who were cheering because the i think this was almost a coming out party for willow nightingale i felt like yeah right right and um i i also think that there's no reason women shouldn't be doing these matches mm-hmm. and also in this match once i really thought about it you know a year ago they did a match like this with um bunny and penelope and i didn't love it right a lot of the same reasons and part of it then was because I felt like they just decided let's we it's time to do a match like this let's do it right there wasn't like a story building up to it there wasn't like a blood feud mm-hmm. this was a feud like that yeah Tay uh, Tay Mello and Ruby have been feuding for most of a year yeah most of the decade uh, yeah yeah right uh, pretty much since Ruby came in mm-hmm. Tay Mello smashed her hand in a car door knocked her out for weeks mm-hmm. right it's a whole storyline about that. Then she broke her nose, put her out of wrestling. She had to get surgery in her nose. So it's like, if you're going to do a street fight, this is the women's food to do it. Those are the women. Yeah. And this match told that story ultimately was about, she had to get a partner to the, the whole story was I had to get a partner who can take care of Anna so that I can focus on Tay. Yeah. And that's how it ended. Was, and she found that partner. <laughs> and that partner sure took that partner Anna. took took care of Anna, man. <laughs> Absolutely. And that so yeah. yeah. That horrible, horrible move. Yeah. Was my favorite moment in wrestling in years. Because <laughs> I can't say for sure if when she put Anna quote unquote through that table, right. missed the table completely. With Anna, at least. Well, she, yeah. I can't say that Anna did die, 
But when Willow came up, I'm 99% sure I saw the soul stone on her finger. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure Anna she was deceased for at least a minute. She yeah. She has one of the stones. She has one of the infinity stones now. And yes. she had to sacrifice uh she had to sacrifice a life for it. And that's what she did right then. Oh gosh. Oh my Luckily, god. I mean, no, I really you know, did love live. Yeah. Anna was tweeting on Friday about something that was taped two days, so she seems okay. Thank God for that. Um Good Lord. I really did love Willow in this match. She was great. Other than that move, she was great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll never stop laughing. The Dudley's, about that. the Dudley's tribute they did. Oh yeah, with the with the camo pants and get the tables. Loved yeah. that. Um, honestly, I am sure I'm incorrect here, but I thought Willow was one of the better wrestlers in that match. She appeared to be to me. Um, she just. Really, they set up a lot of good spots for her, like um, grabbing both women off the turnbuckle when they were uh, when they were trying to throw off um, Ruby, and uh, right. get basically power slamming them both down. There were just a lot of really good moves for her that made her look like a star, and I really think she's going to come out of this match being at least on those women's level. If you know, so oh, I really yeah. I really appreciated that. And then she's got a match next week with Tony Storm, and I think she's going to be more over than ever coming into that match. You, your voice went out for that. Could you say that again? Did it? Yeah. She's got a match with uh, Tony Storm next week. Uh huh. And I think she'll be. I think those fans are going to love her even more than ever. I think so, and I think that will have. If they didn't watch Rampage, they would have caught up on it by this time and seen those highlights. And this begs the question, are they about to make a turn in some way with Tony? Because people are going to, whether they realize it or not, people are going to cheer Willow in that match. Yeah. Absolutely oh, so. going to cheer Willow. I think they know what they're doing with that. Yeah. I hope so. I think they're, I hope so. I think they're, I think they're doing that intentionally. And uh, yeah, hats off to Ruby. I don't know if she meant to go that hardcore, but <laughs> Man. <laughs> so, Boy. Jeff, you say Jeff Hawkins is TJ's his favorite deathmatch wrestlers? Yeah, he, he, he tweeted that that night. Oh, TJ's man. His favorite deathmatch wrestlers. I can't really disagree because I got to give it up to Anna Jay. She, she, that was probably her best performance in a lot of matches. It was. Because it was just a fight and not doing a lot of wrestling moves. Mm-hmm. And Tay Mello, I think partially because she is someone who probably has been in some real fights in her life coming yeah. up with her upbringing and jujitsu background. Yeah. Um, she, she's cartoony, uh-huh. but she's like a, she's like a ridiculous person in a real fight. Yeah. She's not, she doesn't make it look ridiculous. She looks like a ridiculous person. We've seen also a total psycho. We've seen those people on TikTok and Instagram over the yes. years in fights. We've <laughs> seen those people, and now we have one who is a professional. Yes. And right. I got to say, I think she revels. She revels in this. I think she genuinely likes this. Oh yeah, and she, too. she didn't seem to have any problems with those thumbtacks at all. None. No. Zero. I will say thumbtacks is one of my biggest pet peeves, and not a fan that. That I, somehow the thumbtack is a more effective finisher than putting someone in a pile driver through a table. You know what? I have a similar pet peeve that I've never mentioned publicly before. Okay. As much as I love Ric Flair chops, 
Mm-hmm. I hate when somebody's in a in a major match, like a title match, and they get yeah. punched hard and they come back with a chop because all that's going to do is sting. All it's going to do is sting. Yeah. And it's a very similar thing, in my opinion. Like, the thumbtacks are going to hurt you, but they're not going to finish you. Right. If you get one in the eye, it's not going to finish you. Yeah. It's just going to hurt. And so, the very similar it, thought the there. Throwing them in the face was a cool spot. It was. It really was. And guard. I think Ty, um, Ty didn't handle it perfectly. It, she did for safety, as in turning her head, getting the hair in front of the eyes. Oh, yeah, she did. Yeah, you yeah. don't want to mess around with that. No, no, no. The guy, yeah. It could have looked better, but she did exactly what she needed to do to protect herself. Um, God knows I'm not going to say yes to thumbtacks in the eyes. Let's see. Do women's hardcore matches get overly scrutinized? I think so, because they're so new. At least to a mainstream audience, they are brand spanking new. And yeah. very, like when when women's MMA came to MMA, mm-hmm. I I wasn't I, I I was never against it, but I didn't want to watch it. But then as soon as I saw it, I thought, oh, this was awesome. This was great. Mm-hmm. So I think it's probably a similar thing. And now, yeah. generally speaking, my favorite MMA competitors are women. Uh, Rose Namahunas, Amanda Nunez. Mm-hmm. Um, they're some of my all time favorites, and. Uh, and I think I think a similar thing will happen in mainstream pro wrestling. It's just going to take a little bit of time. I think uh, I think I would say I'm probably one of those people who overly scrutinize them mm-hmm. because of the same reason, the novelty of it. Or well, and you're also a dad of two two daughters. You know, I think there's a lot of different things that have, may have you a little, a little squeamish. Yeah. But I think a lot of it is, I think I, I think I hold it to a standard that I that I, I think it's more that I'm more loose on men's because it's such a given that it happens. Yeah. You know, because yeah. a lot of people would be like, why don't, do you not have a problem with John Moxley bleeding a lot? I'm like, actually, yeah, I do. I think John Moxley bleeds way too much. You know? Yeah. You've been very uh, public. Yeah. I don't like it when people get the crimson mask, you know, uh, when Will Ospreay did that in new Japan just a week ago, I thought it was one of the most disturbing parts, you know, and it makes me feel like a kid again. <laughs> If that tells you anything about my upbringing, I might be able to, I used to be there. I used to be there. I used yeah, to you were there, and then you came out, and maybe you're coming back a little bit. You know, I used to. I used to have a tape of, um, oh, who was the guy's name? Mister Pogo. Oh yeah, do you remember Mister Pogo? Yeah, I do. And uh, Leatherface, and uh, oh uh, man, some of the Matsunaga or something like that. Like uh-huh. it was just a VHS tape of like, and the guy from uh, Victor Quinones was his manager. I remember Quinones. I remember that just vaguely. And I remember there was a tape I had and there was a promo that the guy had that a friend of mine was in a band and he sampled it and like played it in one of their, added to one of their songs that they would play live. And it was, where it was just, he says, do you know what we're doing tonight? Tonight we are doing fire death match. That is awesome. Put it in the beginning of the song. It was the best sample. Dude, you put that in the beginning of any tape and I'm all in, all in. Yeah. We um, are doing tonight. We are doing fire. <laughs> I don't remember where I was going to go from there. You just took me completely into left field, and I'm just sitting there <laughs> thinking about that. Um, no, but uh, also I think I also think there's a little bit of these women aren't Kyrie Sane. You know, they're not. Yeah. I don't know, Serena Deeb. And I think that is a little worrisome also. And that these are women who make mistakes in matches 
and you don't want them making mistakes with barbed wire and thumbtacks and things like that. And I think you worry. I think as men, we're more likely to worry for the women than we are for the men, even though we do worry. We worry about CTE. We worry about so many things. We worry about Darby Allen every time he walks out to the ring. Um, But it's almost like with a guy, I'm kind of worried with a grin a little bit. With the woman, I'm actually a little more worried because I think that's just how my brain's wired. But I think um, that's true. I'm and ju- I think that's true. And I and I and I, you know, I, if 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 a woman feels, um, I don't know, is that demeaning or is that insulting or something like that? I don't, you know, sorry. Yeah, literally, <laughs> like, but but I don't mean it that way. I don't mean it that way. But the, but like when Anna Jay is taking a power bomb onto a table, number one, I'm worried twice. Her, you know, number yeah. one, can your frame? Can your frame take that same move? You know, but like yeah. with Darby Allen, can you do that? Yeah, well, he's proven that he can. You know, at least for now. But then when you overshoot it and just hit the floor, yeah, I'm going to be more concerned than I might be if it was Kenny Omega. Let's be clear though, Darby Allen is not going to be wrestling at seventy. No, <laughs> maybe not at sixty. No. But um, also though, you know what's crazy <clears throat> is I went back and watched the YouTube video of um, Bubba Ray Dudley powerbombing Mae Young off the stage when she was 80. Oh, geez. And how did they let that happen? They should have gone back to see how he protected her, you know? Yeah. He did not. Like, he powerbombed her. Like, there was... You almost got a spit take out of me there. All that stuff. They had the cardboard and everything. But, like, she flat back bumped that thing. He did not, like, you know... Willow protected Anna more than Bubba Ray protected 80. Absolutely. And that's, again, I was about to say, even though I do worry about the women getting injured more than I worry about the men getting injured, even though I do worry about them both, I I really enjoyed this match, and I enjoy matches like it because these women aren't the best female wrestlers in the world. These are big opportunities for them to step their game up. And Anna Jay had a better match than she's had in a long time. Mm-hmm. Willow Nightingale had a very good match. Mm-hmm. Ty Conti had a really good time. Mello had a good match. Everybody had a good match. They really and did. Got to show show more dimension. Yes, yes. You got you got to you got to have a a women's story that didn't revolve around a title. Mm-hmm. It was just a feud. Can I say this? I think one th- one one aspect of of. One aspect of women's pro wrestling in AEW that is excellent, excellent, that I've never seen mentioned anywhere, not that I've listened to that many wrestling podcasts, um, none of the storylines involve a man. None of them revolve around a love yeah. interest. And when it comes to media in general, not just pro wrestling, all media, that's huge. That's absolutely huge. Yeah. And um, generally... From my again, I don't watch WWE regularly anymore. But you're saying the street fight passed the Bechtel test. It passed the Bechtel test exactly, (laughs) and I don't think that many women's storylines in WWE, at least up until five years ago, would have passed the Bechtel test. I'm sure they do much better at that now, but um, AEW has done phenomenal. I can't think of one where it's two women fighting over a man. The closest a man, the closest you can come to that is. Uh, Adam Cole and Tony Schiavone fighting over Brit. Yeah. <laughs> That's as close as you're going to come to that. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to Adam Cole in a minute. 
Yeah, we will. Okay. Number three. Number three. Konosuke Takeshita, everyone's new favorite wrestler. Yeah. Boy, that guy had a week. He sure did. And uh, let's, first of all, you say he had a good moment with, with MJF, but he did back down. No, no. Yeah. He was forced back by Aubrey Edwards. By Aubrey. By Aubrey Edwards. That's right. And he respected her enough to go ahead and back down. He recognized her. He's a good boy. Her authority. That's true. Takeshita is a respectful human being. Respectful right. young man with a You're slow right. cooker. I'm sorry. That's right. With an air fryer. Yeah. Air fryer. That's right. That's true. That's true. I did like that they gave him that moment, though, that because in another year, another show, another person, like MGF would have come out and the guy just would have bailed yeah. and given him the ring. What was what what was it he said to MJF that he the the what he said earlier meant blah blah blah. Uh, was it kiss my ass or was it? It was something to that effect. I can't remember if that was it. Yeah, my mind immediately goes. My memory is always filthier than what was actually said. In my mind, it was go after yourself, but I know that wasn't what it was. No. I know that's not what it was. I uh, would have that would have been awesome if they had timed it though. Though he did it and they just bleeped it. That would have been so great. That would have been wonderful. Uh, that would have been pretty amazing. Although young Takeshita, he doesn't talk like that. He had a hell of a match, man. Hell of a match. Yeah, he did. I mean, it was like he just is a banger every time. He speaking of Barry Windham, he reminds me of like that young Barry Windham. This just long, lanky, super powerful, like looks like he can hang with anybody. In my book, there's no higher praise than saying that. There's no higher praise. Yeah. Yeah. But that's yeah, true. I mean, and I mean he, he needs to get some wins now. Like you like you yeah, you've gotten the notes time. here. He's he's had great matches, almost always losing in them. He's gotta start beating some folks real soon. Yeah. Like next week. Like immediately. Yeah. He, he does he does uh uh, elevation matches and he wins those, but they're against nobodies. So yeah, like, he needs to beat somebody. He can't. He can't stand up to the world champ and then go take the number one contender of the very yeah. minute and then just go back to like beating the trustbuster. Maybe the move is a match with Chris Jericho. Yeah, that might be the move. He's yeah. the guy that's losing lately. Could be. Well, there's an interesting thing they're doing that they haven't done on TV yet, which is Don Callis is scouting him. So on. Yeah. On elevation, he's like watching him, and then apparently they filmed some, they filmed some footage at PWG with coaching at PWG, and they made and and made note of the fact that um, Don Callis left Tokyo after the Tokyo Dome show and didn't stay for the next day's show with Kenny Omega, so that he could uh, hang out with Takeshita at PWG. You know, I think they did, like, early on in this storyline, they had it on Dynamite, I believe, that he was kind of scouting Takeshita, but they haven't gone back to it on AEW TV since then, outside of, you know, Dark and Elevation. That's really interesting, though. Um, Yeah, it's a really interesting storyline. And plus, being associated with Kenny Omega, I mean, that would be... That'd be a big deal. Takeshita's such a good face, though. And that, fa- that group isn't going to stay face very long. They had to be face for their return because they were going to get yeah. cheered. Um, right. 
I think they're pretty firmly faces right now. Yeah, but with Don Callis, their heels yeah. waiting to turn. That's all they are. Right. And so that'll be really interesting to see uh, if that happens. And if not, does that create a feud between Kenny Omega and Takeshita? I would not be surprised if within the next six months we see Kenny Omega losing to Takeshita. And if it creates a feud with Kenny Omega and Takeshita, if it does, Takeshita rejecting Don Callis, who are Takeshita's two partners for that six-man match? Ooh, that's a good question. Who are his people right now? Who would have his back? He have people right now. Not really. Maybe a Ricky Starks, potentially? Somebody like that? Could be. Or would maybe Brian Danielson back him up after this amazing match they had? Quite a lot. Yeah, they are. Yeah, Brian Danielson. There's a lot of of good faces who've been helping people out lately. And, of course, Brian Danielson is always there respecting the good workers. Yeah. I don't know. You know, that's that's actually a note I have there is right now they actually have a really good problem, which is they have a lot of really over baby faces. Yeah. Like, just this week, you've got Takeshita, Hook, Jungle Boy, Mm -hmm. Ricky Starks. Hangman. Action Andretti, you know, he's still jury's Mm -hmm. out, but he's out there. And you've already got Hangman, who's as over as ever. Yep. Danielson. And then now Adam Cole, probably. Yeah, for a little while. You know, like, you've got a lot of baby faces that are all over. The elite have to go go heel again real soon. Real soon. In my opinion. Because they do have a yeah, ton of baby faces. Right. Oh, yeah. Darby Allen you didn't mention in there. Oh, yeah, Darby. Um, yeah. Of course, Orange is always there holding titles. Mm-hmm. Though there's a ton of great baby faces right now in AEW. Um, and Takeshita. Yep. All right. Are you ready for number two? Yeah, it's Hangman Page. Man, what a match with Moxley. Really, really enjoyed it. Such a good match. Kind of wanted it to be longer. Didn't want it to end. Yeah. Um, It was said with the Omega thing. It wasn't the match. It was the match to set up the match. Exactly. This was Um, just part two. It's going to be. This is the CTE classic. We got had (laughs) Hangman get CT in the first one. Moxley get CT in the second one. After both attempting to give each other CT the entire match, and then the third match, we'll see whose brain dies during during the match. They'll just have a portable brain scan. <laughs> That's right. They'll just have an MRI like set up right there outside. Yeah. That's the thing is you have to you have to load your opponent into the MRI. Into the MRI and he has to stay there. Scan. Still and the MRI has to detect CTE. Uh, detect a brain injury That's right. before the bell rings. That's right. If not, you've got to take him back out and beat on him some more. Yeah, you gotta take him back out and do it again. Man, give Which, me that match. You know, this match might have been that considering how many clotheslines. I'm ready to put that to put that that uh that white coat back on and be Mark Doctor M D for one more match. <laughs> one more time for this. <laughs> My God. That would be amazing. <laughs> I would love it so much. Um, nurse pop it up. <laughs> um, yeah, Paige kicked out of a Death Rider. That was yeah. a big deal. Kicked out at one after a pile driver. And really, and it was all out of Moxley. It was all punches and kicks to the head the whole match. Yeah, I feel like there was nothing else. Yeah, that's it. It was like a. It was like watching a Stan Hansen brawl. Yeah. Now, if I'm John Moxley. 
before that third match, I train with Willow Nightingale. I work, <laughs> I work on that yeah. move off the, <laughs> yeah, off the entrance to see if I can get that right. <laughs> the overshoot power bomb. That's exactly right. That should be her new finisher from here on out. No, yeah. kind it kind of was like a Stan Hansen match, and that's yeah, that's lovely in my mind. Yeah, that's nice. It was super fun, and uh, sounds. I hope that this means Mox is going to get a little vacation because he was yes. acting like he got you know. Yeah, the audio picked him up saying what happened. Yeah. to uh, Doc Samson, which they did that. The match they did that very well. They did that I did really think well. They did it really well because they didn't overplay it. Yeah, it was understated. Mm-hmm. Um, and my and and Paige showed just enough. Like, is he okay? Yeah. Should I should I care that he's okay? Now, just enough. I wouldn't say the commentary team underplayed it, but they did in the match. They definitely did in the match. Um. I, just I really enjoyed this, this from beginning to end was one of the better episodes of Dynamite in a very long time. You had a lot of oh, matches okay. that I wish would yeah. have been longer, but mm-hmm. you couldn't make them too long because everybody had those matches. Everybody had a really good right. one. Now and it flew by. It did. Yeah. Number one. Number one. This was the moment of the week. Yes, hundred percent. Even better Adam Cole. than the death of Anna J. <laughs> Adam was on rampage. Adam Cole, baby. We're talking about best moment of the week. Oh, the whole week. Yeah. Yeah. This is even better. That it gave me goosebumps. I did not have any idea it was happening. And if it was out there, I didn't see it. So I was glad I didn't get spoiled. It felt so special. Nobody saw it. Like a few people said, oh, it could happen. Nobody was saying it's going to happen. Yeah. And I really like the way they played it with Tony Schiavone. Everybody thought it was going to be MJF, I think. Yes, everyone thought it was going to be MJF. And then the there music hit, and yep. everybody lost their collective shit. Everybody. Yes, they did. Everybody. And, and his promo Including was... Adam Cole. Yeah, his promo was awesome. It was phenomenal. It was fantastic. It was up there with Moxley's last year when he came back from rehab in a very different way. Yeah, yeah. But, but in terms of just people going insane and being happy to see somebody uh, so great. And the new set played it up so well with yep. the new LED walls and he's just got such a great graphic package. He does. The music's perfect for him, you know. <sighs> I like that it's a tribute to the show. Really enjoy yes. that. That's right. That's right. Um so give a little wink to the camera for Oh us. yeah, that was for us. Yeah. That um was for us. I, I've been talking about how much I missed him. I think he adds something that nobody else does to the show. I don't know what that is, but he really does. He yeah. he looks like a star. He has the charisma of a star. He does not have the musculature of a star, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. He has everything yeah. else. Um, and I'm just so glad he's back. I'm so glad he's yeah. back. And he's you know real life promo. His his the thing where he said this is where the new Adam Cole is born. Yeah, makes me wonder. I hope I kind of hope that they just as much as we said that they need more heels right now that he gets a really good baby face run. I would love to see him main event against MJF this year. I think that'd be incredible. That'd be great. Uh, He'd probably be one of the only people who can really do a great promo battle with him. Yeah. Um, I had one thought about how this could have been better. Okay. Um, Is Britt involved? Yes. Okay. This is how. Okay. 
Uh, so going into the match, everyone's hand wringing about Mercedes probably isn't coming. How are they going to deal with the um, disappointment that she's not going to be there? And we said, who could possibly come out that would not be booed? Yeah. Because they're not Mercedes. The answer was Adam Cole. That's true. That's so, true. To me, what, what they could have done was, and this is just a little shuffling of the show, do the uh, do the Hangman Mox match, do the same thing, and then in the second segment, do the women's tag match. So have Britt and Jamie come out immediately and have the match with Saray and Storm. Yeah. Do the whole match, same as you would. Then at the end of the match, Britt and Jamie win, and they're celebrating. Mm-hmm. And as they're celebrating, the lights go out. Right. Everyone flips out because it's Mercedes. Because they think it's because they think it's Mercedes, and then that music hits. You know, it's all about the boom. Everyone's shocked. I think they would immediately forget Mercedes exists. I think so too. And then he comes out. Jamie bails. Brit is in the ring, and Adam Cole comes in and does his thing and shares a kiss with Brit in the ring. Yeah. And then Britt gives him the ring, goes back, goes to the back, and he does the exact same moment. Now, what it does is it makes Britt a babyface. Yep. But I think the only thing that it, well, I think what it would have done was make people forget about Mercedes. Mm-hmm. It would have helped babyface Britt if that's where they're going with her. Yep. And it would have added like an extra bit of emotion to because you know Britt wouldn't have been able to hold it together. So you yeah, you could you could have a thing where Britt didn't know he was coming, and Britt's like crying yeah. in the ring. Because she yes. probably would. She probably would. I would. And if Adam Cole's my man, I'm crying in the ring. Yeah. That's right. That's guaranteed. You can quote me yeah. on that. And you let him have that moment on TV. Yeah. And then let her, you know, give him the ring and go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he does the whole rest of the same thing like that. No one's mentioning Mercedes for the rest of the show. And it's not like they they handled it okay. Right. The Mercedes thing. Because they... You know, they kind of went to commercial and they let everyone get their booze out while they weren't, <laughs> while they weren't on the air, you know? Yeah. But to me, that would have been one of those ways to just sort of add something in hindsight that could have added something to it. But oh, I like that. Yeah. I really do like that idea. Um, okay. Now that we're through the heat index, let's talk about that women's, that women's tag match. Yeah. I liked it. It was pretty, I, I really enjoyed that match. Index, but yeah. You what? Yeah, I did. It was really good. You wouldn't have put it I on at the to, same time. I felt time. like it should have been on the heat index, but I just couldn't make This it. was a huge week. No, like I don't see who you would have taken out unless mm-hmm. you replaced Paul Walter Hauser, but we still would have had a big conversation about Paul yeah. Walter Hauser. Yeah. Yeah, I thought the match was really fun. I'm um, a big you know, I'm a fan of pant pantsuit cheetah. Oh, I was about to say that those exact same words. I was gonna <laughs> say I'm a big fan of pantsuit cheetah. But she messed up, man. She messed up. She threw the she threw the cane to the wrong person. And uh well it landed perfectly in between first of all, her throw of that object, sword, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. was perfect. Yeah. If she would have underslid it, it would have been a mistake. If she would have overslid it, it would have been a mistake. If it was too close to somebody, perfectly in between the two people. Perfectly. Right. I was impressed right with in the that. Of the ring. Yeah. yeah. Um Yeah, Storm and Hater are phenomenal together. No real turn yet though, and I think everybody expected no. it there and AEW is good at that. 
Yeah. It, uh, uh, they're, We're bad at it, depending on how you look at it. Yeah. Much like, I probably said these exact words before on this show, much like Lucille Bluth, they kind of get off on being withholding. They really do. <laughs> it's, it's an issue. Yeah. Yes. It, it's true. Yeah, I think it, I think the... I think I think they're going to slow roll it a little bit, but I think, yeah. you know, I think what they're going to do is instead of I don't think they need to worry about turning Jamie and Britt face, but they, and I think they need to be they need to do it right to get Storm and Hater because what they don't want to do is do what WWE did with Storm and just say, well, now she's a bad guy. Yeah, <laughs> you know? like for no reason. They need to they need to plant some seeds to get them booed, and then you know, and I think like next week having her Willow and Storm in a match together. I think it'd be really interesting to see if storm kind of heals it up a little bit or even cheats. Yeah. I'd love to see something like that. Also, I wonder if she might get upset at being booed and that might kind of turn, help turn her a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. Right. Um, I think the biggest blame the fans blame, always blame the fans. Yeah. Um, Cause listen, even if they're not responsible for that, look at those people. They're responsible for something. You can just see it in their beady little eyes. <laughs> Wrestling fans. I think the biggest surprise of the entire show was the fact that they not only mentioned the the they not only mentioned Kenny Omega winning the US title. Right. They also yeah, brought up PWG. Yeah, and he wore the yeah. belt. Jericho I didn't expect they were going to mention any of it. PWG's Battle of Los Angeles is one of the highlights of his week. Yeah. Listen, this is a big this is a this is a great week to be in Los Angeles and a pro wrestling fan. Yeah. Yeah, and I you know, who knows if everybody who went to PWG was at that show, they might very well have been. I guarantee a lot of them were, a lot of them. So, um I'm sure like we'll the, uh, go ahead. Oh no, go I was about to change directions here. Oh, well, I was on the Jericho thing. I really enjoyed their tearaway pants moment. <laughs> Bet you did. Where they re- where, the, where they revealed with the gold jackets. Were, yeah, where they revealed the black tearaway pants that revealed black pants. <laughs> That's fantastic. as Jericho as you're gonna get. That's pure yeah. Jericho right there. That's fantastic. You know, I hate that we don't have Nyla Rose on anymore after her debut of her shirt, shirt, and her pants, pants. You're right. You're oh right. man, I jacket. I, jacket. Yeah, I want to see that every week, every single week, or the tearaway pants revealing identical pants. Yeah. Okay, where do you want to go next? Elite and Death Triangle, Ricky Starks, yeah, Action Andretti. Itself. Do you have any thoughts on that match itself? It was very good. I didn't think it was five stars. Yeah, I didn't. Think I, it was five stars. I thought maybe four stars. Good. I mean, it was yeah, a good match. Good, it was a good match. Um, it, I've seen many more, I've seen a lot of tag matches I liked better on AEW. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's just the I fact that I've seen, especially we've seen, we've seen great tag team ladder matches yeah. for 20 years. Yeah. And I've seen, I know Pac and Kenny were in this match. I'm aware of that. But we've seen so many great matches between Death, tra- between Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks, that to me, for me to really notice it, it's got to be better than those. And this was kind of right there, but I didn't think it was better. I didn't think it was as good as some of them. 
This was a great match, by the way. I'm not trying to shit on this match. Right. But they've had so many phenomenal matches. Yeah. It's and I didn't think old, this was quite this, those. That's the thing about this best of seven series is they like if I go back to the trios tournament. Yeah. Back in whenever that was, the summer. Yeah. I can remember specific matches. Was it the all summer? Matches and what was it? I just yeah, don't it was before all out, wasn't it? My God, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, July. Yeah, it was the summer. It was right. I'm sorry, time is flying for me uh, right now. Was, it really it is. It was pre-muffins. <laughs> uh, the, yeah, because that's the show like, that I that remember, ended on. I remember matches, you know, I can remember the match. This Best of Seven series, I have a really, and I even saw one of them live in person, and I have a yeah. hard time remembering. They all blur together to me. They all blur together. And that's the thing. I can remember individual spots. I can remember Kenny, you know, doing the one. I remember the ladder stuff. Thing, you know, I remember stuff. But, like, I don't know if I would go back and say, man, I really want to watch match five of that best of seven series. <laughs> yeah, outside of, I remember the I remember the special matches. I remember the no rules match. Mm-hmm. And I remember this ladder match. Escalera <clears throat> del Muerte or whatever ketchup this yeah. is named after. And maybe the first one. Yeah. But. Before we knew it was the seven. Exactly. And, but outside of that, I can't. I can't recall one being different from the other. I really can't. And um, honestly, and this is a failing on my part, not on their part, me knowing it was going to be seven matches, I didn't pay incredibly close attention, maybe to any of them, because in my mind, there's always five or six more. That's true. I think that that hurt my... It hurt my willingness to really pay attention. I thought... This isn't going to be the big one. The last one's going to be the big yeah. one. And yeah, I don't again. Know. I'd have to go back and look, but I think of the you know of the seven weeks that they did these matches. Yeah, <clears throat> I don't remember if any of them were in our top five of the week to talk about. I don't think they were. Maybe and one. I, and again, I'm saying that is a failing on my part, but I don't think that's a unique failing amongst wrestling fans. I think it's probably more common than uh, people would like to admit. I'm willing to admit my failings at any moment here. And uh, and I think that held me back from enjoying these as much as I would have if they would have happened individually across a year or something like that than them right, being I all agree. so packed think, together. It's kind of ironic because going back to like the beginning of like the Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay stuff, one of the things that Kenny said to uh, Will was, you're the five-star wrestler that no one can remember your match after three weeks. And that's how I feel about <laughs> this whole series. About these, this whole series. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Here's what I'm excited for. I'm excited to see the elite take on a whole series of variety of different trios. House of black. Yeah. Yeah. House of black. I see top flight with somebody. Yeah. Hey, our Fox and the trust busters. Why not? You know, why not? They're busting trusts. Let's do it. Elevation matches. I want to see, I just want to (laughs) see, I want to see a trios division. Yeah. I'd love to see him against dark order. I think again, that would be a really great match. Um, I think one last thing to do with why I didn't enjoy this series as much as I should have considering the quality of everything is also, if you take it back to the discussion of the Will Ospreay-Kinney match, even though it was 18 stars, easily, right. um, 
there was discussion of they held things back for the next match. And that's kind of something else I thought about for this is these guys could probably have a seven-star match, legit, legitimately. Yeah, yeah. But not when there's six other matches to be had. You know, they had to hold back things. In everything they could do, they had to split amongst seven matches, guaranteeing you're not going to get as good a match as you could in each match. Right. And I think that was so. a number of those things were just in the back of my head every week. And so I watched them. I enjoyed them. But I don't, I barely remember them because I always. Yeah. And they didn't really, there were like little stories that would start to happen and they wouldn't, you know, like they had Jackson's injury. They had the thing with the hammer. They had the thing when it suddenly got really violent, you know, yeah. You even could have played up, um, you know, Kenny not being a hundred percent this yeah. last week because just a week before he had had an eighteen star match, you know, and uh, you know, injured face and all this stuff. Like <laughs> Kenny's but, been through it. Yeah, man, he's determined to take another year off. I think. Like maybe he's just like one year for on, real. one year off from here on out. I think it's just beat your body to shit for five years, then you take a full year off. I think that's the way it yeah. works here. It's like a sabbatical. Like a, he's like a college professor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's exactly right. Takes a sabbatical. Yeah. All right, where are we going next from here? Um, MJF promo. You want to talk the, talk that a little bit? Yeah. What do you think of uh, this crowd work? Bagging on. Uh, uh, who was it? Freddie Prince Jr. and oh, and, I, I enjoyed that. I really did enjoy that, and I enjoyed Freddie Prince Jr. I liked that he uh, he acted really offended at a couple of them, and then yeah. enjoyed a couple of I mean, them. They're pretty good friends. Yeah, I assume they were, um, but I enjoyed I enjoyed their use of the celebrities at ringside. Um, I also enjoyed when I realized they put all of them on the hard ca- on the side of the hard camera, not opposite where you'd see them. So that they could be there for what they need to be there for. And if they needed to leave like true celebrities, no one would see them leave. (laughs) I enjoyed that very much. Who else was uh, at that show that, um, that didn't make it on air or they weren't featured, but they were there watching was Mark Maron. Do you ever listen to Mark Maron? Yeah. I I had no idea. Mark Maron was there. You were cutting out a little bit again, but I, yeah, I heard, I heard enough. Um, now I would have loved to have seen Mark Maron on screen, but I guarantee you Mark Maron told them, I do not want to be on screen for any of this. Yes. He, that feels like a Mark there's, Maron there's thing. A like, video, there's a video online of someone, uh, shooting Mark Maron, like as if they're not with him. It's not like Mark Maron shooting himself. Yeah. It's like someone shooting footage of Mark Maron watching the, uh, elite entrance with the character, yeah. my wayward son and all that. Yeah. And he just has this like look on his face that I'm sure a lot of us do sometimes, but just the context is of him just completely unaffected. Like everyone's yeah. going insane. There's if you like pink and lasers and you know explosions if, and stuff, and he's if just, you want to bring me back to BTE, I need the skit where Tony Khan has called Mark Marin and has offered him ringside tickets, and he's like, I don't know, like would I have to be on camera? Like would I would I have to talk to anybody? Like would I have to walk yeah. through the like would I have to walk in with the fans, with the marks? I would just love I to see love, him whinging and I complaining. Love, yeah, 
I would love to hear the episode of uh, WTF where Mark Marin interviews Tony Khan and cuts the interview short because he just can't do it. He just can't take it anymore. Because <laughs> just Tony Khan just talks his ear off and Mark yeah. is just like, oh gosh. Yeah, that would. Oh, just, I would love that so right, much. Dude, you, you just you gotta go. You've gotta yeah. go. I can't. Li- I can't. I can't just listen. And like, wait, why? Why are you hugging me? Why are you hugging me? Why are you hugging me? Oh my god! <laughs> I get to as he's being kicked out. <clears throat> After that uh, Jaguars win uh, this weekend, the amazing win they had. By the way, uh, I got to share uh, Tony Khan memes with a friend of mine who's a football fan and doesn't know anything yeah. about wrestling. And I was like, this is the owner. This is one of the owners of the Jaguars. Oh he's, he's a hugger. And just if you just <laughs> yes. type in Tony Tony Khan hugging and do an image search on Google, you'll just get endless scrolling of him nestling his head into men much taller than him. Oh, I can't wait. I cannot wait. Where's my phone? I'm going to do this right now while we're talking. Um, I love. He always kind of turns his head sideways and like. He kind of tucks it in. He hugs yeah. like my dog's hug. You know, like not like You've a like a traditional hug human like hug. That. That's what's interesting. I don't think Shad's a hugger. I think that's the thing. I guaranteed that man's not a hugger. Absolutely not. Um, where was I going to go? Oh, I really, the Jaguars thing made me so happy just yeah. because I don't even remember who they played. Who who did they play again? Who they I beat? I can't remember, but. Apparently, it was a team that I know a lot of supporters of. And that night, after the Jaguars had won, I go lay in bed and I, I get on Instagram and I'm going Chargers. through stories. What's that? Chargers? Okay. Yeah. I'm going through Instagram stories. I see so many people who went to bed posting the score when they went to bed as 27, 27 to nothing. Yeah. Um, Chargers. And I just, I enjoyed seeing every one of those knowing they're going to wake up to pure sorrow. And I couldn't wait. Yeah. My friend who I was just talking about said he was at a party and he saw the game. He stopped paying attention to it when it was 27 to nothing. Yeah. And he came back later at the end of the game. And uh, who's the, I forgot his name, the Jaguars quarterback. Oh, um. Field. Yeah. Long haired guy. I forgot his name. Um, Yeah. He was a rookie last year. Yeah, they were interviewing the Jaguars quarterback on the field. And the first thought he said was, when did they start interviewing the losing quarterback? <laughs> Trevor Lawrence, by the way. Trevor yeah, Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. He's like, when, when did they start interviewing the loser after the game? <laughs> and then he found out. He found out the truth. Now, that was... It's been a great week for Tony Khan. I'll say that. And I believe Fulham's doing yeah, pretty well right now as well. He's riding high. Okay. Yeah, he's doing almost as well as uh, Paul Hauser. Are we now on week four of not knowing the name of the large tattooed gentleman in the mogul yes. affiliates? I think so. There's no reason, unless they just don't have a name for him yet. There's no reason. What are they going to say? Oh, this is this is Hulk Hogan Jr.? Like, like what, what are they thinking I, they're going to pull here? I feel like this is so... Okay, so... In my day job, I'm a creative director, and there's a lot of times that there are decisions that I have to make for people on directions of things yeah. that people don't, like, I get the final say on. Yeah. But there's a lot of things, and sometimes you don't get to everything. And then, yeah. so like, years later, you know, like, a week later, you got to hear, like, hey, 
this thing's behind and so-and-so just missed a week of work because you haven't made this decision yet, right? Uh-huh. I think that's what's happening here is someone's like, Tony's <laughs> like, I'll have the name. I'll have a name on Monday. Yeah. And they're like, great. And then he goes to the Jaguars game and he gets excited and he forgets. He has a few white claws and they're like, Hey, we got to tape a promo. Do we have a name for this guy yet? Oh yeah. I'll get it to you next Tuesday. And that describes my approach to work right now. Completely. There's so many things where I could have something wrapped up with a five minute, five minute email, two sentences. Yep. I'll, I'll do it on, on Wednesday. Cause I'm off tomorrow. Yeah. I'll do it on Wednesday. Wednesday, I get there. I'm going to have everything backlogged from my days off. I'm going to have to handle, and that email is right. not going to go out. Might, might never go out. God only knows. Yeah. So let's see. Um, what do you think of this Kingston Ortiz thing going on? I'm not into it at all. No, I would be pretty into Eddie Kingston and Ortiz against, against the house of black with finding a third partner and just like sticking to get like I, that. Yeah. That feud sounds fun to me. This thing yep. of like Ortiz and Kingston suddenly blood brothers turning on each other makes no sense. So easily. They've been blood brothers for like 30 years. And all just all of a right. sudden they're at each other's throats. It's I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like it. It's not realistic. Quite a, uh, quite a boot mark on uh, Eddie Kingston's face though. <laughs> Like a literal boot, like a literal footprint on his face. I somehow missed that, and I've got to go back. I have a huge TV, and I didn't see that. I really need to see that. like one shot. There might be a still frame somewhere. But uh, I can't remember who it was that kicked him in the face. Probably Malachi, but... For some reason, I think it might have been... um, I think it was Brody King, though. I have it in my head it was Brody King with the big kick. Um... Okay, changing course a little bit. We're going to hit some things and move on. What I'm kind of grown tired of the Book of Hobbs. Like, I'm ready yeah. for something to happen there. It needs to go somewhere fast. Real quick, yeah. Um, Jade Cargill pro- promo on Red Velvet. It was, it was quick. I like seeing Jade Cargill. Um, I'm really... I wish Red Velvet would, like, if this is going to be a feud, like, let Red Velvet talk. Like, yeah. Let's, let's also, you I'm can't ready. Have a story with only one side of it being told. Exactly, and also, we've talked extensively about the depth of this women's division. I'm ready for Jade to fight more people like Nyla Rose and fewer people like Red Velvet that she's worked directly with, and that's something AEW does with everyone. Everyone. Oh, they're on a team, then they're definitely going to wrestle down the road. And it's gotten old for me. Not into it. Yeah. Into Jade, yeah. but not into that. Okay. No, I don't know. What's FTR, know. FTR doing, man? What's happening? Taking a break. They're taking a break. Podcasting's going to rest his tailbone. I have to wonder number one, what happened this last year? How much of their sitting out was because of CM Punk, both because they're waiting for a program and possibly because of their loyalty to him. How much of it was AEW just giving them room to be AAA champions, new like IWGP champions, ROH champions? And where would they go if they leave, you know? Where would right. they go? 
They, there's I think no, it all depends on. I think that's what they're trying to figure out. Is I mean, this Vince thing complicates things yeah, for them, man. I did. I haven't been listening to the FTR podcast. Uh, no, I've been I've been trying to keep up on. And there's you know a couple of I, straight up transcriptions up there. I I don't want to listen and not like them. Because if I don't listen, there's nothing there that can make me not like them if I'm not listening to it. But if I listen to it, I could I could be turned and I don't want to be turned from what I can tell from from the transcripts that I've read. It's not so much that you won't like them. It's more that you'll just think it's kind of a boring podcast because he's too nice. I got you. Like his whole thing about the punk thing was he only said good things about punk. He only said good things about Tony Khan. He only said good things about. He's riding the fence on everything. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's generally how he feels, though. I think yeah. like a, he's like, I like everybody and we want to get along. I mean, he didn't like Road Dog, but like even then, <laughs> like, I think he's just a respectful guy. Yeah. And, and he doesn't want to burn bridges. And, you know, he just wants to get out there and tell some stories and stuff and, you know, that. So it does. I don't think it makes that interesting of a podcast, but. Um, you know, I don't know if you dislike him. I think you'd more just be like, I don't like not wanting to listen to you. I'd probably be frustrated with the lack of hard takes. I think that's where I'd be Maybe. frustrated because in my podcast, I want, I want dumb people being morons, man. I don't want smart people being thoughtful. <laughs> that's right. that's yeah, not what I want, want in a podcast. That's right. exactly what I you want, want, man. Lawsuits that result in like company changing <laughs> meltdowns 10 years later. That's all I'm looking for. Is that yeah. too much to ask? I think it is. Oh, Dax, I think it's too much. Like, so this Stay. week, this week, I guess, you know, he was basically like talking about their year and he's like, it was our best year ever. Were there times we weren't happy? Yes. Were there times we were super happy? Yes. Were there times we were mad at Tony Khan? Sure. But ultimately we're happy with him. You know, so it's kind of like, okay. And I, I hate that they're talking. Decide. I hate that they're talking about this being like whatever their next contract is will be their last contract. Yeah. I don't think that's true. I think they think it's true right now, but I hope it's not. Yeah, I I think if he can heal up, I think they've just been pushing themselves pretty hard physically. And I think yeah. especially Dax. And I think Cash is probably not as passionate as him. Right. Cash loves his job, loves his partner, loves yeah. doing really well. But it's, he's not one of those guys who's just going to be like, give me every, you know, because the fact that he's never in singles matches. Yeah, the way Dax is. means he's not interested in being in singles matches. I predict in a couple of years you'll see Dax as a as a single star, like Ring of Honor champion. That'd be great, something like that, you know. Um, okay. I, what I'm what I'm hoping is that this break is just to take some injuries off, and they'll actually come back and do a Gun Club feud, and you know, they're just. Sort I hope of that Gun Club feud lasts forty five seconds, then they move on yeah, to but, other other but people. I like how they did that because. If they go away, it's the, it's it's kind of like a, it's kind of like the Christian thing with Jungle Boy. Yeah, like he's gone, and the feud's over until he's back. Until he's and back, so and it'll like, start. Let back. the gun, let him, you know, write him off really fast. Yeah, let the Gun Club go wild, and then maybe they beat the acclaim, and then you hear the FTR music come back, and the whole oh, crap. Now Daddy's home. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. I think I say that way too much. Okay, we're a little over time, but we've got one more thing we've got to talk about. We're probably going to go long on this, but it's worth it. Sting says he's retiring in 2023. Sting holds a special place in my heart, in Kevin's heart. He was our Hulk Hogan as kids. I I think I'm 
I think yeah. I'm right on on both counts on that. Yep. Um, this was in D Magazine in Dallas. Um, you want to take it from there? Yeah. So he just said this is you know his contract ends the end of this year. He's probably gonna <clears throat> that's gonna be the it, it for him, and he wants to make sure he does an ending for his career and does one right. that the fans are happy with and that he said he can point his kids to and say, this is how I went out. And, uh, and it probably won't involve like a big singles match or title run. Right. It probably will involve Darby. He said so, at one point, he said the end of my career will involve Darby Allen. I've yeah, seen that. I like that. I love that. Um, that means there's one year this year yep. Yep. in which Sting can, can, can win gold and possibly retire with gold. I'd really like to see I'd really like for that to happen. I would love um, to see that tag title win. Yeah, I'd love to see a tag the title. place to do it. I think you're right. I think I have to be there. I have to try and be there at Winter's Coming. Hundred yeah. percent. That's the way W works. He debuted there. He's gonna finish things there. It's the end of the year. His contract's over. I think you're right. It's gonna be right there or else if there's a pay-per-view within a week of it at that pay-per-view. Yeah. I think Dallas uh, is probably where he's considered he started his career. Yeah. Man. And I'll tell you what, if they're doing a meet and greet, I'm paying for that meet and greet. Whatever. It, yeah. Yeah. Whatever it I'll, takes. I'll, I'll weep at Sting's retirement, I think. And and, and I would. two years ago, I, know I, I, would. I would have said that. He didn't have this. His career would have been. His career would have been looked upon differently by a lot of people, including Dave Meltzer, if he hadn't had this last run in AEW. I think this run has probably put him over when he comes into, I don't know, in, in, in so many people's minds as a true Hall of Famer, which there's no doubt in my mind he ever shouldn't have been. Like, he's always been a Hall of Famer in my mind. Um, so let's see. You've got some good facts here. His daughter, Caitlin, works on the AW social media team and is yeah, training to wrestle. Little, yeah, that was just a little item in the observer I caught. Yeah, let's see. Final match. At, um, said he won't send his career. Yeah, this is... It's kind of hit me. It hit me. I've been spoiled with Sting being here, but now knowing he's going to be going, I've got to try and do a meet and greet. I've got to see one of his last matches. Absolutely have to, and I love that both he and Darby Allen are going to be involved in Muda's final match. Yeah, I love that too. So, and that's something I'm going to try and see. Um, yeah, so let us know what you think about all these ideas we have. Um, how you think Sting ends his career? Let us know on uh, Twitter. I'm at Peppermint Fatty. Kevin is at you're at Kevin Ely on Twitter. Yep, Everybody. and of course. You can talk to us always on Facebook, the Fight Group, Fight Game Media Group. Uh, from me, from Kevin Neely, from everybody here at Fight Game Media. Have a great week, everybody. And we hope to see you again. We hope to see you back here again next Tuesday. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at hero.co. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free.
That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.